All right, the Pedalin. Here we go. Zok the Mishnah, three lines from the top of the page. We are all familiar with the halacha that how large of a chevra, how large of a chabura group did they arrange for the carbon pesach? So it depended on how much they ate and how big the animal was, right? Because you had to make sure everything was eaten, there was enough, there was no leftover. This Mishnah is going to focus on the animal and how it was decided how big of a chabura, how big of a group to create for your carbon Pesach. Here we go. Kol hanechal b'shar hagodol ye'ochel begedi harach. Okay? Anything which is possible to eat in a big ox is also possible to eat in a small goat. Okay? Meaning, if you have a part of a large ox that is too tough to chew and to swallow, you should know that when you bring your young goat as your carbon Pesach, those same body parts are going to be too tough to eat and swallow in a young goat. This is a very practical mission. How does Tenla know which parts of the animal are going to be edible? So the Mishnah says, uh, take a grown ox. Whatever is edible in a grown ox is edible in a young goat. Which includes the tops of the shoulders. And the cartilage. Zog the Gemara. Says the Gemara to explain. Rabba Rami. Rabba asks a contradiction. So now we learn to the Mishnah called Anything that's sitting in a big ox is, is also eaten in a young goat. But if it's not eaten in a big ox, it's not eaten in a young goat. I'll say the end of the Mishnah. The Rashi, the tops of the shoulders. You don't eat that in a big ox, and you still see it's considered meat. So this Mishnah is one walking contradiction. Ella, rather, Tanahi. It must be that our Mishnah itself is a machlokas tanoi mochi gomar, and this is what the Mishnah means to say. Anything that is eaten in a large ox is eaten in a small goat of carbon pesach. Some argue and they say no, even the tops of the shoulders and the cartilage, even though it's not eaten in a large goat, in a large ox, is still part of a carbon pesach and is considered edible and should be eaten in a young goat. So, we're understanding right now that our Mishnah is actually a machlekes. Rava Amar, Rava says, Mohen Katani, the Mishnah is actually not necessarily a machlekes tenoim. I, the question is, but it seems to be a contradiction because we said in the ratio of the Mishnah, anything that's eaten in a big goat is eaten in a young kid. And then we said, oh, the tops of the shoulders and the cartilage, but that's not true. That's our question. Top shoulders and cartilage is not eaten in a in a big go, in a big ox, but it still seems to be eaten in the carbon pesach. So the Mishnah is a contradiction. So Rava Omar, Rava says to explain that really mahain katani the say for the Mishnah is a mahain. Mahain means what are we talking about? Okay, meaning vachi katani. This is the lesson, the message of the Mishnah. Anything which in a large ox. If you cook it for a long time, that's siluk. Okay, we've had this elsewhere a, uh, a number of times, particularly when it comes to a type of beet. 
that has to be cooked for a very, very long time to be edible. So sometimes you have a rough piece of meat, tough, it's very tough, you cook it for a long, long time, it starts to soften up. Anything that in a big ox is eaten with cooking for a large amount of time, you should know that in a large ox it takes a long time to cook to soften up the meat. But in a young, delicious, tender, carbon Pesach, it'll fall up, be fall apart meat. It'll melt like butter, even with just roasting. Umahain, and which body parts, which takes a long time to cook in the big axe, and they're fine with simple roasting by a young goat, roshik nefayim esachsuchim, the tops of the shoulders, and the cartilage. Tani kavosi the rava. We have a brisa proving rava, rava's pshat that this mishnah is actually not a machlokas tanoim, rather the sefer is coming to. Add on to the Mishnah and explain. Anything that's eaten in a large uh, ox with long cooking, uh, cooking for a while, can be eaten. It's edible with a short amount of roasting of a young goat and mahain and one of those body parts. And even the soft, uh, the soft sinews that we learned about on, on uh, Arab Shabbos that runs through the meat are also soft enough that it's edible, and that is considered part of the meat, and they must be eaten. Okay? Now, the bottom line is, for us, right now, what was the goal of our mission? The goal of our mission was to practically help us as a dafyami chabura, this coming Pesach, when Be'ez Hashem will have the carbon. And we're going to say, oh, listen, we got to do the daf. Yeah, we got to do the daf. Uh, for uh, the first day of Pesach, I might think I'd have the Seder together in Yerushalayim. Bez Hashem, right? So we don't know how many more people or how many less people, how many people do we need for our carbon? Do we need 10 people, 15 people? Oh, what is it? So the mission is letting us know which parts of the animal are necessary to be eaten so that we know how many people to make sure to have. Itmar, we learned. Gidin Shasaifan Lahakshais. When you have soft sinews, that siphon in the end will end up getting harder and will be more difficult to eat. says that you um, you still include people to need to eat that on uh, for the carbon pesach, meaning it's going to need to be eaten to make sure you have enough people available to eat these sinews. says no. We're not nimnaleim. It's not. It's not something that needs to be eaten, and therefore we're not going to include people. What's the machlekes? Why does Rabbi Echanan say yes, and his beloved brother-in-law say no? Because right now it's edible, and therefore if it's edible, it's called meat. You need to include people for the this amount of food. Because you follow the end. They say says you follow the end, and since it's hard. You should not include people for the group to eat these sinews. He asked this challenging question on his brother-in-law. We said in a brisa, anything that's eaten in a large ox is eaten in a young goat. This referring to the tops of the shoulders and the cartilage. Now, it seems, why are we mentioning two examples? It seems because we want to be specific. Hani and just the tops of the shoulders and the cartilage specifically, specifically are edible. 
The other types of sinews which are not mentioned seemingly should not be included. So Amrit says, Reish Lakish, why are you saying that the sinews that will end up being hardened are, uh, are need to be counted? It's not the neck. It's not, I'm sorry, it's not the shoulder. It's not um, the cartilage. And therefore it's not listed. If it's not listed, why are you including them? says back to him, that the brisa which mentions the cartilage and the shoulders is just giving examples. It's not coming to exclude everything else. Meaning, honey, my timer. What's the reason why we're including the shoulders and the cartilage that they need to be eaten? You need people in the chabur to eat it. Because the bottom line is, cook it in a long time by a big ox. It'll be eaten. So these as well, any part of the animal, any part of the animal. Okay? And uh, including the sinews that run through the meat. And therefore, since those things are capable of being eaten in a large ox, they are going to be needed to be eaten in the Karban Pesach, period. When you go in front of Bavo, ask him the following question. When Rabbi says that we include the soft sinews that eventually will harden in the, in the eating of the Karban Pesach, when he says this, what does he mean by that? Alma Bosar Hashtazlinan. Is it because he says the bottom line is you look at the carbon pesach before it hardens? What about the skin of the head of a young calf? Rach um, really means soft. So, skin, the leather, the hide on the head of a soft eagle, a soft calf. Mahu shayitame. Is it capable of becoming tame? Okay? Now, what's the kasha here? So, so what's the shaila? Rashi explains. Okay, it's actually a very basic question. And that's like this. Let's, let's schmooze for a minute. The halacha is that food, once it touches a liquid, one of the seven liquids, is capable of becoming tummy. That's by food. A vessel is not... I'm sorry, not a vessel. Anything else is not capable of becoming tummy unless it's a cleat. For example, a stick, a branch that falls off a tree cannot become tummy. But if I take that stick and now make it a staff or a cane, a wooden cane, now it's a vessel, and it's capable, it's susceptible of becoming tummy. Asks Reish Lakish to his brother-in-law, the skins, the hide on the head of a young, soft calf, is it considered food? Or is it considered a non-food in which it's not capable of becoming tummy unless you make a clea out of it? Okay? That's his question. Mahu sheyitami. The Yomar loy, and Rabbi Echanan says, lo'en yitami. It is not capable of becoming tummy. Alma basa You see, you follow the end. Why? Because what do they do with the soft skin on the head of the young tender calf? soft calf. 
they eventually turned it into height. From the fact that he says Basar Abbasayf, uh, you see that you follow the end. So now we're going to have a question on Rabbi Echelon, because Rabbi Echelon and our Brisa. I'm sorry, Rabbi Echelon, his Machlechus with Rishakis seems to imply you follow the beginning. And Rabbi Echelon says you follow the end of a process, but over here, by the, by the skins on the head of the, of the soft calf, he seems to imply you do follow the end. Omar Lay. So he says back to him, Omar Lay. So he said to him, the Ramallah Holaychash Le Kimche. The one who asked this question was really not asking a good question. That's the gist of this expression. And he explains, because ultimately Rabbi Yechonon backed out of his opinion and he said to Rishlokish, you're right. And uh, he said to him, don't, don't bother me. I learn it from a Lashen Yachid. Lashen Yachid is in a, a uh, individual form, okay? Which uh, he's basically also, again, just using an expression. And he ultimately backed out and said, you know what? It, uh, it's taka going to be the halacha that the skin on the head of a young, soft calf is not going to be capable of of becoming Tomei, because you do follow the beginning. So ultimately, there's no question. Rabbi Yechinan sticks to his guns. They always follow the beginning. Hence, the, he would say the same thing by the Karban Pesach in our Mishnah, that as long as the sinews start out soft, you'd be obligated to include somebody in the Chabura, the group of the Karban Pesach, to eat it, and Rishlokish will say you follow them. Okay. Period. End of that Gemara. We're now up to the second Mishnah on Pay Dalid Amud Aleph. Continuing on with the halacha of what happens if a person transgresses and does break the bone of the carbon pesach. We're familiar that there's a halacha of the etzem leisishperubai that the halacha of the carbon pesach is you're not allowed to break the bone of a carbon pesach. A very unique halacha to the carbon pesach, and we're going to discuss this now. For the for the rest of the daf. So here we go. A person who breaks the bone of a tahar carbon pesach, you're going to be chayav, be obligated in malchus. You're going to be obligated in lashes because you transgressed a lav of Allah However, a person who leaves over meat, tahar meat of the carbon pesach, which you're not allowed to do. But you didn't, um, you didn't trend, do an action of transgressing a don't do, a love, a negative commandment. But a person breaks the bone of a carbon pesach that's already tame. Ain't like a It seems they're both forbidden, but you're not going to get malchus. You only get malchus when? When you actively break the bone of a tahar carbon Pesach says the Gemara. Zok the Gemara. Bishva Meiser Batar. It makes sense when you leave over meat of a tahar animal that you're not going to be chayav malchus. The tiny one of the bais of leisir men about bikeh benayis men about bikeh. Now you leave over till the morning, and if you do, it's got to be burned. Because we didn't say alach leisir. The Torah comes and brings it. I say after leisir, let Marshin leika to let us know you don't get malchus. The halach is like this: if the Torah ever says don't do something, and I actively do the don't do, 
then there's Malkus. However, if that Malkus has, if that Avera has a mitzvah that's obligated to be done afterwards, for example, don't leave over till the morning. Avera, but if you did what, there's a mitzvah to burn it. So then there's an assay after a lois assay. Okay? So the Allah is going to be, there's no Malkus. Yaakov says, that um, this is not the reason why there's no Malkus for leaving it over. In order to be obligated in Malkus, in lashes, on a negative transgression, you need to do an action. And by you not eating, that's not an action, that is passive. Uh, there's no Malkus. Okay, are we clear with this Machlaikas over here? Let me, let me explain this outside. Just, for, just to make sure we have clarity. We have a dispute over here as to between Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Yaakov as to why would I leave over meat from the carbon Pesach till the morning, which is a negative transgression, why there's no Malkus? Why is there no lashes? Usually by a negative, when the Torah says, don't do something, I get Malkus. Rabbi Yudah says, the reason why there's no Malkus is because you only get Malkus when the Torah says, don't do, and there's no way, there's no mitzvah following it. But if there's a mitzvah that follows the Avera, for example, the carbon Pesach, don't leave over, but if you do, then there's a mitzvah to burn it. There's no Malkus on that category of Avera. Rabbi Yaakov says, no, I disagree with you. That's not the reason why there's no Malkus. Rather, it's because you only get lashes for an active transgression. Over here, where it happened by itself, it was passive. The Torah told me, don't let that happen by itself. Don't let it stay over till the morning. I let it, but I didn't actively do anything. That's why there's no Malkus. Okay, fine. So either way, the bottom line is, we, we understand why if you leave over tahar meat till the next morning, there's no Malkus. For two reasons. But why is it when I actively break a bone of a carbon Pesach, that's Tomei. I did an action. So, Rabbi Yaakov's reason doesn't apply. I, it, there's no way to fix it up. So, Rabbi Yehuda's reason doesn't apply. The Torah says don't do it. Why shouldn't I get Malchus? Answers the Gemara, the Yomar the Pesach says, Do not break a bone in it. Bo, what's in it? A kosher karba. Kosher, but like the puzzle, that's dealing with a kosher carbon pesach, not with a puzzle carbon pesach. Tonra, one of the rabbis learned, and so Shri Vatsamasish Brubo do not break the bone of carbon pesach by kosher, but like the puzzle. Okay, it means don't break the bone of a carbon pesach that is kosher, that's valid, but there's no pro, there's no uh, love against breaking the bone of a puzzle carbon. Rabbi Yami Rabbi says, the bias echadiyacha Vatsamasish Brubo that the carbon Pesach had to be eaten in one house, meaning you were not allowed to leave the house, and you're not allowed to break the bone in it. That's all uh, the, these uh, instructions are given side by side in the Torah. What's the message of 
stay in one house when you eat it and don't break the bone. The message is, if it's fit to be eaten in the house, which means a kosher carbon, then you're not allowed to break the bone. But anything that's not fit to be eaten, for example, a fossil carbon, there's no transgression against breaking the bone. All right. Now, let's talk for a second. This is a brysa. We just said, Tana Rabbanon, the rabbis learned in social week, right? That was uh, three lines ago, four lines ago. We said a statement, Bo in a kosher carbon and not an apostle carbon. Rebbe says, the reason why you're allowed to break the bone is because of a connection of the psukim. They both agree to the same halacha. They both agree that in a puzzle, carbon pesach, you're allowed to break the bone. So are they arguing? They're bringing different sources. What's going to be a practical difference between the two? Says the Gemara, my benayu. What, if everyone's agreeing that a puzzle carbon, you're allowed to break the bone. So what's the difference between the Tanakama and Rebbe? Omar Rebbe explains, Pesach the difference is the government Pesach that's brought in a state of Tomer, the one who says that it has to be a kosher carbon at the time that it, uh, that it has to be a kosher carbon, while Tomei makes an animal puzzle. Hi, Tomei, puzzle, yeah, even if it's Tomei, it's not fit to be eaten, and therefore there's no prohibition against breaking the bone. The one who says it has to be fit for eating, oh, this is considered fit for eating because there are times where it's uh, a tummy carbon is fit to be eaten. Rabbi says, no. Everyone will agree that you're not allowed, that uh, there's no transgression against breaking the bone. Because Rebbe is actually coming to just, if you want to know the difference between Rebbe and Tanakama, the difference is Rebbe is coming to be lenient and for the following reason. And he's saying that the, the Tomei animal is considered possible. is going to be an animal that had a Shasa Kaisher. It had a time period where it was permitted to be eaten and something happened afterwards to knock it off. According to Tanakama, it says it has to be a Kosher carbon high Kosher. So it was Kosher and therefore there's going to be a transgression to break the bones. The one who says it has to be fit for eating. Right now it's not fit to be eaten and therefore I'd be permitted to break the bones. And that would be the difference between the Tanakama and Rabbi. Okay? Another way to explain their machlaikas, Abai Yomar Abai says, Kuli Alma. Everybody agrees. Everybody agrees that um, in this case of the Brisa of Tomei, it has no transgression against breaking the bone. I'm sorry, the case of Puzzle. Everyone's going to agree, right? The Tanakam and Rebbe agree by Puzzle. There's no transgression of breaking the bone. So what's the difference? My time. Right now it's Puzzle. The difference is going to be what happens if the bone, if you to break the bone prior to the to Pesach even starting. So I bring my carbon Pesach prior to Pesach, right on Erev Pesach. Then it's not even Pesach yet. And I break the bone. According to the Tanakama, who says that you're not allowed to break the bone of any kosher carbon pesach kosher host. So it's a transgression because you have a kosher carbon, you're breaking the bone, it's an avera. According to Rebbe, who says that needs to be roi lachila, 
then hashalah barachiluhu on erev Pesach, it's not yet fit to be eaten, and there's no transgression against breaking the bones. Meisvei asked the question on Abaye. Rabbi Yomir Rabbi says nimnen al mayach shabereish that you even need to include in the group of the carbon Pesach enough people to eat the mayach shabereish, the brains, yeah, and the uh, any anything edible within the head of <coughs> the carbon. But you don't, uh, over here it's referring to marrow, I'm sorry. You're not allowed to, you do include the marrow of the head, but you don't include the marrow of the coolest. Rashi says um, that the difference is the marrow of the head is able to be removed without breaking anything. And the marrow of the coolest of the thigh is only able to be removed if you break the bone. And since you're not allowed to break the bone, so you don't register people for the chabura to eat that part. Because you can take it out without breaking bones, like we just explained. And if you're going to say that you're allowed to break the bone before before yomtiv, so kulasnami. So then allow me to. We should include people for the marrow of the thigh. Why? All you got to do is break the thigh, the bone of the thigh. On Erev Pesach, and take out the marrow, and boom, it's all eaten. According to you, even on Yom Tov, we should take a, uh, we should take firewood, put it. You're not allowed to break the bone, but I could burn a fire through make uh, through. Uh, I could burn a fire through a bone. So, take a strong fire, make a burn the bone until there's mamish like a ho- burn the bone until there's mamish a hole. If let's say the bones are burnt or the sinews are cut up, that's not the transgression, it's not the prohibition. What are you going to say? Abai says, Oh, that it might, you might end up being paka, you might end up cracking, uh, you might end up cracking the bone. And Rava says that you're not allowed to do that because the hefsid kachim, if you burn it up, you're going to end up wasting kachim and causing a loss to kachim to come mafsid lebiyadayim. Because if you're going to make sure that it burns uh, so much, so far, that it's going to burn an actual hole, so then your mom is destroying things that are holy, and that's why we can't do that. No, doma achel nura Since the fire, I'll tell you the problem. The problem is going to be that if you make, if the fire is so stark that it's going to burn a hole in the bone, guess what? It'll end up burning up the marrow as well. And therefore, me by nami, even on Arab Yomtev, Gzermi Badiyam, Amtu Mishacha Sheikha. The reason why you're not allowed to take out the marrow, it says Abai, according to me, on Arab Yomtev, is because we're concerned if you would allow it to happen before before Pesach, people might think it's even permitted to do on Pesach, and the Rabbana made Xera, therefore don't include anybody in the carbon Pesach for the marrow of the bone. The thigh bone. Okay. Rav Papa says, here we go, two lines before it gets wide. Koki I gavno, anytime you have a similar case. Everybody agrees it's also to break the bones. My time, oh, what is the reason? Meaning, says Rav Papa. You shecht your carbon Pesach and Erev Yomtev. The Torah tells us 
You have to stay in your house, eat the carbon, but you can't break the bones. Zakhar Papa, this, that the verse seems to imply, it's only forbidden to break the bones at the time that you're eating it, is incorrect. Everybody agrees. You can't break the bones even prior. On Erev Pesach, everybody agrees you're not allowed to break the bones of a carbon Pesach on Erev Yamtiv or on Yamtiv. My time. Why? The Orsa Mechzi Lachiz. Because, bottom line is, comes the Pesach Seder, everything's going to be fit to be eaten. And therefore, since it will be fit to be eaten, everyone agrees you're not even allowed to break the bone prior to the time period of it being fit. Rather, the Machlekes is about an aver, about a limb that starts to, that is Yatsam That part of it was taken, it's like half inside Yerushalayim, half outside Yerushalayim. We know that any part of the Karban Pesach that's taken outside Yerushalayim is no longer fit to be eaten. Mandom kosher, the one who says that it's still kosher, hakosher. This limb, which is still partially inside Yerushalayim, is fit to be eaten, and therefore you're not allowed to break the bone. The one who says it has to be fit to be eaten, it is not fit to be eaten, and therefore the Isser of the Etzem Leisish Berubai does not apply to it at all. Okay? So what happens is that if you have a bone that's partially inside Yerushalayim and partially outside Yerushalayim, the halacha is that the part that was taken outside of Yerushalayim is no longer fit to be eaten. You have to cut off the meat from that side of the limb. So I have the leg of the carbon, and somebody got too close to the borders of this of the you know walls of Yerushalayim, and part of the leg left the left the border. Okay, so uh, yeah, you know, just put put in your imagination. Okay, so whatever part let, went out, you have to cut off that meat. And it's not fit to be eaten. According to the Mandalmar, who says that breaking bones is only a transgression. When it's fit to be eaten, so I should be allowed to break the bone of the part of the meat that was taken off. Right? If you have a limb where part of it left the walls of Yushalayim and that limb, somebody broke the limb, there's no transgression. Okay. Says, no, in such a in such a case where part of the limb is taken outside Yerushalayim, everybody will agree that there's no prohibition against breaking the bone. The high ever ha possible. This limb is possible, and therefore you'd be allowed to break a limb of a bone that left Yerushalayim. So where's the machlekes between the Tanakama and Rabbi? Breaking the bone of a no. The, interestingly, the Torah writes that, and we learned this in the beginning of the Mesachta, the carbon Pesach needs to be roasted and it can't be eaten no. No means partially roasted. It can't be eaten partially cooked. Okay? It needs to be, uh, it needs to be more than partially cooked. 
man domar kosher, man domar the Tana, who says that it's kosher, high kosher. So it is still kosher, except it's not cooked enough. And mamela, you just can't eat the meat, but the bone is still a transgression. The one on Rebbe who says that it has to be fit to be eaten in order to enter the prohibition of don't break the bones. Listen, it's not fit to be eaten. It's not cooked enough. And therefore, if the bone breaks, you're going to be putter. You're not going to be out of here. <coughs> doesn't like that. He doesn't like that the difference between the Tanakhama and Rebbe is a difference about how cooked it is. It's just not when it's partially cooked, everyone's going to be in agreement that's prohibited to break the bones. My time was the reason the Chazi La'achila. Because it's fit to be eaten because all you got to do is cook it a little bit more and you're fine. So therefore everybody's in agreement that if it's partially cooked, you can't break the bone. Otherwise, listen, according to common sense, I should be allowed to break all the bones as soon as my animal shechted. Because it's raw. Okay? The machlekas is about breaking the bones of the tail. Now, the tail was not permitted to be eaten. So, the, the fats of the tail, I'm sorry, we're not permitted to be eaten. So, the bones of the tail, the man the Omar kosher, the one who says that it has to be kosher, high kosher. So this is a kosher part of the carbon. It's valid, even though it's not eaten, but it's a valid part of the carbon. And therefore, it should be prohibited to break the bone of the of the uh, tail. The man roi lachila, when it says be fit to be in hayin roi lachila, the al yalagavaya salka, because the tail was burnt up on the mizbeach, and it was not eaten. Ravashi Yama, Ravashi says, he says, no, when it comes to the bones of the tail, that's certainly permitted to break the bones of the tails. I completely disagree with you. Since it's not fit to be eaten, everyone's going to agree you're allowed to break the bones of the tail. So we're back to square one. What's the machlaikas between the Tanakama and Rabbi? The machlaik is going to be on a limb that has less than the size of an olive. There's no achila, there's no eating of this limb. Mandamar Kars, the one who says that it needs to be a kosher carbon in order to be prohibited to break the bone. Hi, kosher who? It's kosher, there's not a lot of meat. The Mandamar Achila, the one who says it has to be fit to be eaten in order to enter the prohibition of breaking the bones. Well, it's not fit to be eaten. There's no kazayas. There's no sheer achila. Avina Avina argues on that and he says, no. Kokiagavna. No. Nothing doing. That's not the difference between Tanakam and Rebbe. Everybody agrees that when you have a bone, a limb, that doesn't have a kezayis, that it, it, you're allowed to break the bone. No machlaikas. Why? Everybody agrees to be non achila. In order for it to be prohibited, you need a measurement of eating on that bone. So where's the machlaikas? What about an area of a limb? where part of it has less than the size of a kezayis, the size of an olive, and part of it has the proper amount, okay? So, am I allowed to break the side of the leg that doesn't have a kezayis on it? The man, the 
Hakasher who? The whole carbon is still a kasher carbon, and therefore would be prohibited to break the bone. Mandamarei lachila beinon shir achil makut shvir. He'll say you need an amount of an olive in the location that I'm breaking it. And if I don't have the amount of an olive on the location of the limb that I'm breaking it, it's going to be permitted. Vahalaka, there's no, there's no, uh, um, there, there's no shir achila. There's no measurement of eating, and therefore it w- wouldn't enter the transgressions of breaking the bones. What we just went through, let's pause for a moment. Okay? This was actually a pretty straightforward Gemara. It's a lot of information, but very straightforward. And here's what just happened. In a nutshell. Okay? For the past uh, half a amal. What we said was, we listed a ton of Rabbanan. We listed a Brisa. The Brisa says that we have a Machlokas between the Tanakama and Rebbe, okay, and the um, the the um, we don't, it was actually pretty much the whole Amr, yeah, ever since the beginning of the Gemara, the bottom of Amaral. So the Tanakama said the etzem lo now let her break the bone is in a kosher carbon. Rebbe said, you're not allowed to break the bone in a carbon that's eaten. And we just gave eight scenarios, eight situations, where you may have a carbon that's kosher, but it's still not fit to be eaten. That's basically what we said. And therefore, according to Anakamba, that all you need to transgress, in order to be able to transgress breaking the bones, it has to be a kosher carbon. So... It's going to be usher to break the bones. And in all these eight cases that we listed, Rebbe is going to say no, because you're not going to eat it as, as long as it's not eaten. Even if it's kosher, part of the carbon. But if it's not eaten, there's no transgression against breaking its bone. That's what we just did. And we gave eight different scenarios. Says the Gemara, Tanya ke'arbo'o me'nayu. We're going to start showing prices that that uh, support, that back up these opinions you know, of what the, what the difference between Anakama and Rabbi is. So here we go. Tanya Karbaminayu. We have a Brisa like four out of eight. Tanya Karbaminayu. Brisa Rabbi Yemi Rabbi says, You have to the carbon Pesach in one house, so it's dependent on eating. That's where you can't break the bone, which seems to imply that if it's a kosher animal, you are for a puzzle. Therefore, if it had a period of time where it was a kosher carbon, but then it became puzzle right before the eating of it, there's no transgression against breaking the bones. Also, if it has the size of a kezayis, it has the amount of meat to eat. Then it is uh, it is included in the prohibition of breaking the bone. If it has less than the size of a kezayis, there's no prohibition of breaking the bone. It depends on eating. If it's fit for the mezbeach also, there's no transgression of shmir and That was the case of the tail. It's fit for the, for the mezbeach. If it's at the set time for eating, when we're in the house, ready to eat, there's it's a prohibition. 
If it's not at the time, meaning it's prior to Pesach, it's not going to have a prohibition of breaking the bones. It'll be permitted to break the bones. Itmar, we learned. Here we go. Last piece of Gemara for today's daf. This is going to take us on to tomorrow's daf. Um, let's say, learn the statement, and we'll stop before the Mesve, which is going to be a few lines down on tomorrow's daf. So here we go. Itmar, we learned. Aver, when you have a limb, I have a limb. One side of the limb does not have the kezayis of meat to eat. The other side of the limb has a kezayis of meat to eat. What is the halacha about breaking this bone, this limb? This limb is including the prohibition of breaking the bone. You're not allowed to break the bone. Again, arguing on his beloved brother-in-law says, there is no prohibition of breaking the bone. And now we're going to challenge this. Who says that you're not allowed to break the bone of a limb that has shirachila on one side and no shirachila on the other side. Challenges brother of Shimon Lakish. He says like this. The Torah says, not to break a bone. Whether or not it has the akazayas of meat. What does it mean? There's no shirachila of eating. Doesn't mean there's no shir, there's no kezayis of meat at all. That's not possible. If there's no meat on it at all, everyone's going to be in agreement. You're allowed to break the bone. Rather, must be a case. You have a limb. One side of the limb has enough meat to be eaten. You see. Very gishmak says and you see it's still prohibited to break a lamb that only has the shirachila on one side. It's a question on you, my beloved brother-in-law, Rishimin Ben Lakish. Amar Le Rish Lakish responds to his brother-in-law, Rabbi Echanan. Let's read through this answer and we'll hold it here. He says, Lo. No, you're misunderstanding the Bryson. Top line of Pehe. Here we go. This is what the Bryson means. When you have a bone that has a kezayis of basar on the outside. But what happens if you don't have a kezayis of basar on the outside of the meat, but you have marrow inside the bone? Then it has to be, it's going to be a transgression when you have marrow in the place of the location of the bone that has marrow in it. Vatanya, and we learned in the Brisa. That's not just but you're not going to break a bone in it. This includes bones that have marrow and without marrow. you'll eat the basar on this night. Why we thought it's referring to the outside meat. Maybe when it says in the Torah that you know that they have to eat the meat, maybe it's referring to the marrow as well. What do we mean? No, you're not allowed to break the bone. That's telling me. You're not allowed to break a bone that doesn't have marrow, perhaps. Maybe I'm actually obligated to break bones that have marrow in order to fulfill the verse of eating all the meat. Marrow is called flesh. So when the Torah demands, me, demands that I eat all the flesh, maybe the Torah is actually telling me, you got to break the bones that have marrow. Otherwise, you're going to be leaving things over. 
You better eat it. You better break that bone. And don't be astonished. How could you break the bone? Is a positive commandment going to override the negative commandment? It says, Don't break the bones by it didn't need to say It says whatever happens by the carbon uh, by the regular carbon Pesach applies to carbon sheni. So why by a Pesach sheni did we say also specifically the etzem leisish berubai? Have a omer comes out says Reish Lakish echad etzem sheish by mayach the echad etzem sheein by mayach. This applies to any type of bone, whether the bone has marrow, whether the bone does not have marrow. The halacha is going to uh, the halacha is going to follow me, and therefore says Reish Lakish, "Ain by mishum shviras etzem." The halacha is if there's no kezayis of meat on the outside of the bone, then it's not going to be um, it's uh, not going to be included in the prohibition of breaking the bone. We will hold it here for this evening and Be'ez Hashem tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning at 9.30. We will pick up from Maysveh.